On today's show, we talk about anxiety and what do you do when your body's anxiety alarm set off, both in the short term and in the long term. And we talk to a guy who got laid off from his job, he got fired and he feels shame and frustration. And we have conversation starters and more. Stay tuned. What up, what up? This is John with the Dr. John Deloney Show, where we talk about your mental health, your relationships, your families, your friends, your boundaries, your workplace, everything, anything. We got you. So glad that you're here. If you want to be on this show, never hesitate, man. Give me a call at 1-844-693-3291. That's 1-844-693-3291. Leave a message. Let me know what's going on. Not me. I'm not going to listen to it, but Kelly will. And then she will call you back, and we will set up a time for you to be on the show. So excited for folks who want to be on there. We're getting calls from all over the planet. It's so rad. And if you are not a telephone kind of person, go to johndeloney.com slash ask, A-S-K, and fill out the form, and we will be in touch with you. Cannot wait. Hey, we have a new segment I'm going to debut on this show. It's called Why I Love James Childs. And I'm going to do it in poem form. James, oh James, I love your curly hair. James, oh James, I'm the benefactor of your care. That's the end of my poem. Is that good? I mean, it was no Shakespeare, but I really appreciated it. (laughs) Wow. That was kind of a knife to my heart, but whatever. See, that was poetic. Knife to my... Oh. Ooh, you're right. Include some more emo lyrics like that and I'll get on board. <laughs> James, oh James, as I sit in the shadows writing sad poems. Or oh, rhymes of poems. <laughs> um, ah, James, oh James, as I sit in the shadow writing lyrics. I come to work sad, but you lift me with your gentle spirit. Is that good? That was wonderful. Better than Shakespeare? At least on par with Shakespeare. (laughs) That concludes the new segment of I'm Grateful for James I think it's a hit. I think it's going to catch on. That one's got some legs. That one's got some legs. Next week, we will debut (laughs) the next new segment, Why We're Grateful for Kelly. I need a week to write this one out. It's going to take some... A little more thought and uh, off to seek some expertise and guidance. (laughs) I'm so happy to be in this job. All right, let's go to John in Stafford, Arizona. What's up, brother John? How we doing? Doing good. How are you, Dr. Deloney? We're rocking on, man, to the break of dawn. What's up, dude? How can I help? So I read your book, Redefining Anxiety, and I really liked it. There's a lot of really good stuff in there. Thanks, man. Um, The question I have, though, is about you talk about your body's warning signals Mm -hmm. throughout the book. And I personally have a hard time turning off those signals. Oh, very cool, man. I do pretty good at talking myself through situations and understanding when anxiety hits. But even when I, like, sometimes when I resolve a problem, and I forget about the problem, I still feel that anxiety in me, and I still feel like something's wrong, like my body's in danger. Yeah, dude, good for you, man. So 
number one, thanks for reading the book. And number two, man, you are in it now. So you're thinking through, so your body takes off on you or you find yourself in a situation um, to beat the metaphor to death. You're identifying these alarms. Are you able to, to look at your overall ecosystem and say, oh, here's what those alarms are trying to tell me? Uh, most of the time, yeah. Okay. So give me a couple of examples of things you've found. Um, the one that comes to mind the most is, when I think about it is if I get something wrong at work or something, my boss will come and tell me about it. And he's like a saint about it. He always is talking to me. Well, moving forward, we're going to do this better. And he's sure to tell me like, I'm okay and everything. But it's still like, even when that resolves and I know that everything's okay, I still, it just lingers there with me throughout the day. All right. So that is a great example, dude. Um, Just for my own curiosity, has anyone told you, shown you in your past that, that you suck? Um, I mean, yeah. <laughs> um, did your mom, dad, brother, sister remind you on no, some? None. None of them. They were good. No, I I was bullied in elementary school ah, there quite you go. a bit. Okay. So here's. <laughs> And it, again, we could, you and I could probably talk for a couple of hours on the trajectory and the history there. Um, here's a cool thing to note about your body. Okay, so your boss comes in and says, hey, you didn't do this right. And for a hundred reasons, whether it's stories you're born into, whether it's stories you've told yourself, whether it's stories that people in, all the way back at elementary school were telling you about your value, you're a loser, you're an idiot, you always screw this up, whatever those stories are. Your body detects a threat. It sees a bear at the front of the cave where you're living. And it has an old operating system, man. It's got fight it or run away from it. And that's about it. It can, if he does, realizes I can't fight it, I can't run away from it, I'll just go to neutral. I'll shut this thing off, right? I'll shut the system down. You may have heard that called freeze, right? But your right. boss can come look you in the eye and say, man, I love you. I'm so glad you work here. Your boss can come tell you, hey, you screwed this one up, man, with a smile on his face, but we got to get this one better next time. I need you to step up and do this right. At that point, your body has gone into fight or flight because it's got a history. It remembers this story when somebody come up and told you you are not of value, right? You don't have worth. And then he looks at you and says, hey, you are on my team. I love you. I'm so glad you're here. And now we're on to the next thing. Your body still has to deal with the cortisol and the adrenaline and the heart race, right? Your body has taken off on you. And what we don't have a good system in modern our modern world is what to do with that. Does that make sense? Right. It's just there. So there's a couple of things I want to give you to back out of this. So we're going to approach this two ways. Number one, what do you do when your body dis- detects a threat even though there's no threat in, in your vicinity, right? So we can deal with that. The other thing I want to do is begin to teach my body what is a threat and what's not. Does that make sense? We're going to just reteach it. It's we're going to it's going to it's going to literally grow new synapses and new brain connections in in my head. Does that make sense? Mhm. So, what we want to do is turn off a lot of the signaling stuff. So, here's a couple of ideas. I'm going to rattle these off just for the sake of time and you can keep this 
um, this call. Keep it in your library, man, and we will link to the stuff in the show notes. And um, But I want you to write this stuff down eventually and keep it as a playbook for yourself, okay? So will you work with me for 30 days on this? Will you give yourself 30 days, 60 days to, to start reconnecting some new, teaching your body new things? Yeah. Okay, awesome. So number one, no monster drinks or Red Bulls or anything like that. Is that cool? <laughs> Already done. All right, great. Are you a coffee guy? No. So you're like a no caffeine dude, no cokes, anything like that. I have my Dr Pepper every once in a while, but that's about it. Okay, you get two of those for the next thirty days. How about that? Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. The second thing is is tell me about your friends' community. Do you have any folks that you connect with on a regular basis? Um, there's my wife and her family. They don't count. We go and connect. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, just my friends at work and I have a couple of friends that I talk to every once in a while. All right. So new responsibility checklist number. So number one, you're going to cut out the stimulant stuff, right? We are working towards this. So, um, I have folks who for years, my students would come in and be like, man, I'm so anxious all the time. I only had seven Red Bulls and four monster energy drinks today. Well, it's like, dude, you're not, your, your heart is beating a thousand miles. So we're getting rid of that stuff. We're going to really dial back sugar consumption, candy, junk food, just stuff we're ripping out of packages and just shoving in our face, okay? We're going to give our body a good system to work with. The second thing is we are going to double down on relationships. So your job is to get with a couple of guys and go do a thing once a week at minimum. And that can be going to an arcade, that can be going to a bar, that can be, I don't care what y'all do. But I want you to go get with a couple of guys, and it's going to be awkward, and it's going to be weird, and you don't have to have any agenda or anything like that. Y'all just go hang out, okay? That could be asking people at work that you trust to like, hey, let's just go hang out. We're going to go to a movie. We're going to go whatever concert, whatever. I don't care what it is, but y'all got to go do something. Go bowling. Go do something, okay? Um, the third thing: Do you ever exercise, work out, or anything like that? Um, not a whole lot. My work is pretty labor intensive, but. Not anything more than that. Okay. So starting today, you've got some sort of movement practice that's going to also, if you can, be outside. Okay. So if you work a really labor-intensive job, if you're slinging boxes all day, then I want you to make sure in the mornings you go for a walk. In the evenings after dinner, as a postprandial glucose, I want you to go for a long walk. And you can, I'd love for you to take your wife with you on this one or your dog. And I want you all to go for a long walk together. And I want you to go slow. And I want you to breathe deep. And what we're doing here, man, is we are cycling that. We are cycling that excess energy out of our bodies. Okay? That pent up, ah, it's all there. We're letting it roll. Okay? The next thing I want you to do, do you keep any sort of gratitude journal at all? Um, not written down, no. You do now. Starting today, <laughs> before bed. I want you to get on your way home from work. I want you to stop at like Walgreens or Walmart or something. 99 cents, pick up a spiral notebook. Um, and I want you to write at the top of it, gratitude journal. And I want you to write five things before you go to bed that start with the words, I am grateful for. And I don't care what you put in there. I'm grateful for mine this morning. I, I, I'm working on a book. So I was up late. So I got, I looked at my sleep tracker and I had like four hours of sleep last night. 
my first thing was I'm grateful for my air conditioned house. It's hot in Nashville. And that was, I grateful for my air conditioning. I was grateful for my kids and my wife. I was grateful for my faith community and my friend, right? So whatever it is, at night, five things. And since you're working on your body, I want you to do it in the morning too. So the first thing you do when you wake up, I'm grateful for. At night, I am grateful for. Five things, okay? You got it? Okay. Now, here's the next most important thing. I want you to have another spiral. And when your body takes off on you, I want you to use language that is third person. And I want you to be curious. Have fun with this. And I know that sounds nuts. And listen, I've been doubled over insane with anxiety. So I get what I'm saying sounds bananas. But I want you to be intentional about being curious and have fun. And I want you to ask this question. John, what's your body doing? And I want you to write down your answers. What is it protecting you from? In that tone of voice, okay? And I don't want you to say, what is my, what am I trying to, there's actually different brain circuits. When you say the words, I, my, there is a, I'm in it. There's a set of brain circuits. When you are distant from it, there's a different set of brain circuits that work on that problem. It's why somebody can come up to you and say, hey, man, I'm really feeling anxious. And you, John, can rattle off five or six things they need to go do. But when you're feeling anxious, it locks down on you, right? Or when yeah. somebody asks you, hey, what's a way my wife could – you give all that kind of answers. But then when your wife does it, you're like, oh, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Because one of those circuits is when you're in it and the others is when you're distant from it. It's a great book uh, by Eric Kropp, I think, called Chatter. Um, it's a quick book, but it was excellent about talking about uh, how do you distance yourself. So I want you to write down, hey, John, what's your body trying to tell you? What is it scared of right now? It's probably going to come back to a story you've told yourself for a long time that you're a loser, that you're going to screw something up, that everyone doesn't like you, that you're a failure, that you're always an idiot. And it's probably going to come back to bullying in high school. It's going to come back to some coach. It's going to come back to a mom or a dad who should have told you they loved you and they didn't, whatever that looks like. But that's how you're going to begin to unwind those stories. What's my body trying to tell me? Hey, John, what's your body trying to tell you right now? Oh, that my, I'm going to get fired. And then the final thing is I want you to, to demand evidence from those things. Okay? I just want you to ask, hey, hey John, is that true? <laughs> then you can go, no, it's not true, John. He told you. I love having you on this team, right? I love having you on this team. So grateful for that you're here. But, hey, we can't throw boxes like that. we got to do it like this next time. Love being married to you, man. But, man, will you please take the trash out? Every alarm goes off. Ah, oh, she's going to leave. Ah, oh, she's just nagging. Ah, oh, she. Oh, hey, John, what is your body trying to tell you? Oh, that I failed my wife. Is that true? No, it's not. I need to take the trash out. Or I'm failing my wife. Yeah, I need to take the trash out. Right, whatever it is. But get some distance from it and write it down. And one last thing, grab, while you're at Walgreens, grab a package of note cards and just write out your morning whenever you're about to leave for work. Here's what I got to do today. Keep a small note card with you. Just put it in your pocket. You can go spend $1,000 on one of those planners with like 500 ribbons in it. Enough with the ribbon planners, people. You can go get one of those or you can just get a note card. It's what I use. I got two in my pocket right now because I didn't finish everything from yesterday. And so um, get a note card and that's control, right? So going back to connection, safety, and control. And then you're just going to start pulling apart those stories, man. But you, my brother, are on the right track. Those are a few simple things you can do. If you feel your body spin out on you, once you're in a, your boss is left, go outside and go for a walk for a minute in the sunshine, go for a walk. 
If you can, if you want to be a nerd about it, take your shoes off and walk in the grass. Um, I was doing that the other day here at the office and somebody took a picture of me and several people took pictures of me and they're like, Hey, you look like a weirdo. Um, but I'll go walk in the grass barefoot. Right. And there's, that's a whole other podcast, but, um, and breathe through it and just be curious. What are you trying to protect me from right now? And there's something about not fighting, letting your body know we're not fighting. We're not running. What are you doing? Often your body will go, oh, oh, you're in control. Okay, cool. And it will stop that system. And then you got to discharge the cortisol, the adrenaline, chemicals, all that energy that's been fired up in there. Right? We're running on old operating systems. And then, of course, sleep, man. You know all that stuff, sleep and supplements and partridge in a pear tree. That's another thing. That's enough to keep you busy. After 30 days, I want you to write me back. Call me back. And you can call back, dude, and say, that all that stuff was stupid. None of that worked. It will. But call me back. Call me back. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back on the Dr. John Deloney Show. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. One of the most common questions I get on my show is how do you get something off your chest, right? Like a deep secret that you've never told anyone. Or maybe it's something that happened to you. Or maybe it's something you've done that you're ashamed about or worried because you know bringing this to light is going to cause disruption across your life. All of us, every single one of us, have things both big and small that we need to get off our chest from time to time. And I say this all the time, secrets will kill you, but it's often so hard to know where to start. If you need to get something off your chest and you don't have a safe person to talk to, you may want to try therapy. Therapy is a safe, effective place to get things off your chest, to learn how to say scary and hard things out loud, and figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. I have personally been blessed to have a great therapist who I can talk to and who helps me get those heavy things off my chest. And if you are thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, it's convenient, it's super flexible, and it's suited to fit your schedule, whatever your schedule happens to be. You just fill out a brief questionnaire, you get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no extra money. Listen, it's time to get those secrets off your chest. Start with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Deloney today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Deloney. All right, let's go to Fayetteville, Arkansas. We're going to talk to another John, but with no H. What's up, John, with no H? Hey, Dr. John. I appreciate you taking the time to listen to me a little bit. Man, I appreciate you, brother. What's up? How can I help? Sure. Man, well, I, got, I ended up getting... Fired from my job in February, and I actually have a I had a two year contract, so I'm getting paid through March of next year. But I'm just struggling because I thought I had another job in place, and I haven't been able to find anything, and just trying to figure out where to go from here. If I mean, I've, they pay me good money. I, there's no financial need. It's just trying to find myself and find a use because my my job has always kind of been who I am and I've, I've struggled with that and pretty self-aware of it, but yeah, I'm just ha- kind of having a hard time with it. Sucks, man. What'd you get fired for? You know, it was actually because I was being pursued and interviewed for other jobs and didn't end up getting them, but thought there was a lack of loyalty mm. and went a different direction. Was there a lack of loyalty? You know, I, I don't think so because the jobs I was interviewing for were, uh, promotions with 50% pay raise, big time programs, that kind of thing. So, and 
I'm a man. I I've had seasons when I had hundreds of employees. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, anytime somebody worked for me, had an opportunity to go do something big, go get promoted, go, man, I think I was, I'd always tried to be their number one cheerleader, man. Sure. Right. So I'll tell you this. You're lucky that you're out of this mess. Okay. If somebody would rather cut your knees out and say, how dare you try to progress your career? How dare you try to go make more money? How dare you, man, you don't want to work there anyway. Right. Right. Now that doesn't help the existential issue, which is you got fired and that sucks. Right. There's some data that talks about getting fired as like the psychological impact, which means the physiological and biological impact. What does that mean? You're not a wimp. That means that your mm-hmm. body has been injured. Okay. Right. Similar to losing a loved one. Right. And when we lose a loved one, we have a whole process for that. We have a funeral. We dress up in different clothes. We talk to our friends about it. We mourn it. We have a drink. We take some time away. And when you get fired, you just go try to find a new, another job, right? Right. Have you sat down and just straight up mourned this thing and grieved it? You know, probably not in that sense. The first two months afterwards, I was interviewing and looking for jobs, and I kind of sat back and relaxed and said, Hey, I'm going to enjoy it. I'm getting paid. I've got two young kids at home. I get mm-hmm. to coach my kids t-ball team for the first time, but I don't think I ever mourned it. I've tried to enjoy it and see the blessings that I have in my life. But then after a couple of days or a week, it goes back to the embarrassment, the shame. There but, you go. That's it, man. So you ignored it and you tried to run from it and you ate, right. you ran from it towards good things, man. Coaching your kids t-ball team, being positive about it. Those are all good things, but you can't run from it. Right. Okay. What does the embarrassment and shame come from? You know, it's, and I don't think she, like my wife, I feel like I've lost respect and she always comes and we talk about it. We've got a great relationship, yeah. but I'll say, Hey, I, that was disrespectful. I know I don't have a job right now, but I'm still trying. And she's like, well, I didn't mean it that way. And sure all my friends are in the same profession and they're super successful. And I, I have been, and been doing great, but it's, and they're the best. It just, when you're around them and they're, they're the, again, the best friends in the world, but Hey, they're being successful. They're where I want to be. And now all of a sudden I'm not, we're yeah. on the level playing field. Now it's, Hey, I'm unemployed and can't get a job. When six months ago I was turning job, turning down jobs. That's right. That's right. So you're in a season, man, it's winter and it's cold outside, right? Yeah. Is it going to be this way forever? No, and that's that's that, and that's the hard part is because March is a long way away, but it's close. Mm-hmm. It's just the but, hiring. It's kind of an interesting career, but the hiring season is in the winter. Yeah, and kind of waiting for that to come back again. But here's here's what you need, my man. Two things. Number one, mm-hmm. you need a purpose. You got to get out of bed every day. So I want you yep. to go find just a job. Okay, go to a place where you can go do a thing. And it doesn't have to be your dream job. It doesn't have to be a whatever, but it's got to go be a thing where you can contribute. And where you, even if it's, I don't know, if it's at Starbucks, I don't, I don't care what it is, but you've got to go be a part of something where you're contributing. Okay. Yeah. And the second thing is, is I want you to double down on some service. I want you to find some people that are not in your house that you can go serve, whether it's go find two people on your street and you can just mow their lawn and do that regularly. Go find something outside of yourself because right now you're stuck inside your head and Mm -hmm. you are starting to tell yourself stories about other people who love you 
And what happens is this thing's going to spin faster and faster and faster on you. They're not going to want to be around you because you're going to be hard to be around. And then it's going to spin faster and spin faster. And then it's become a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? So, man, I've had buddies who've lost jobs. I love them. It's hard. You know what I mean? It's heartbreaking. Right. And we're going to make fun of them either way because they're my friends. Right. right. So if they start working at Starbucks, be like, oh, my God, that's part of it. Right. I want you to put your head high. You got fired, dude. Own it. Yeah. Right. I think your wife still loves you. She still loves you. Yep. Yeah, dude. She still loves you. That's awesome. And does uh, your kids still love you? Absolutely. Yeah, man. And so have a funeral for this thing. Probably take your wife out and let's do this thing right. Let's have a funeral for it. I want you to be open about like, I feel like a failure. I feel like a loser. And I'm going to put these feelings to bed today. I'm going to acknowledge I liked this job. I wish I hadn't gotten fired from it. Um, I was a good employee and they let me go. And uh, and then we're going to have a proper funeral for this thing. And then you're going to get up and you're going to go find a job. And dude, if somebody won't hire you because you had interim work, then you don't want to work there either. I would love for somebody to have a paycheck for a year. And they're like, man, I just went and ground one out. I just went over there to Starbucks. I went over there to my neighbor's firm. I went to work for one of my buddies doing three levels below what I normally do just to have a, have a job to contribute, get up and um, shower and put my clothes on for whatever. Um, but dude, go towards that. Okay. And sure. make sure you're modeling for your kids. Make sure you're modeling. Hey man, every single one of us gets punched in the mouth hard. Here's what getting up looks like. Here's what grieving it looks like. Here's what being sad looks like. Here's what gratitude looks like. Here's what service looks like. And right. if you can't, if kids are old enough, drag them along and make them mow the yards with you, right? Or go just <laughs> yeah. go for a walk in the evening and pick up trash in your neighborhood. Do it for an hour. Who cares? Yeah. You're doing something to contribute, okay? And it gets yeah. getting you out of your head. Here's the thing, my brother. You're not a loser. You're not. Yeah. You got fired. Sucks. Hate it. Hate it, hate it, hate it. But you're not a loser. No, it's, and that's I, I know that. And again, I said I'm pretty self-aware, but it kind of resonates because um, I had another great job before, and it's a different profession. But ended up getting hurt and couldn't do it anymore. And I went down kind of that that path, and I could feel my mental health going down. And I'm yeah. I'm not there because it was it was different. It was right after college. It was I mean it was playing professional football, and now it's you know, and obviously you know about that transitioning yeah. from professional athlete to something else is hard and I kind of got through it got back to the top of another career and I just feel myself going down that that path again hey what do you want to do man I'm a football coach that's what I do and I I know I need to not live in my career but that's that's my purpose you love coaching what what ages college you love coaching college ball right oh yeah college ball is a zoo right now right it is it's bananas could you call a local high school and say, "Hey, I want to help out in spring ball"? And and I've I've gone down that path. It's just I don't want to commit to something and then if a job comes up, hey, not do it. Here, you're going to do that. You're going to, uh, you know, you know yourself That's until right. you're not going to get out of bed. You're right. Right. So I want you to be on the phone with a high school or a middle school this week. Okay. And go let them know, hey, dude, I got canned from whatever university, and. um I'm a good coach. I'm searching the country for it. And by the way, when you're 
and when you're a football coach, you move a lot, and you also got a wife who's hanging on now. That's right. Who can't commit to a community or to a church or to her friends because she's going to pack up a move and they live in that limbo. I worked at in university administration. My wife experienced the same thing and I didn't realize yeah. it that she was afraid the joke in our house, but it wasn't a joke was planting asparagus. She loves having a big garden, but those take mm-hmm. two or three years to come up. And she'd say, I can't ever plant asparagus because I never know where we're going to live. And That's that right. broke my heart. Right. And so this year was the yeah. first year she actually planted it since we've been married. Awesome. Right. So all I have to say is, Man, go down there and just start finding yourself. Get your whistle out and get those weird, ridiculous coaching shorts out. And man, go get involved in the lives of young people. Get back out there, and the calls will come. Man, you know that. Yeah, hoping so. Stop. Maybe you'll maybe you'll find out you love coaching high school ball. Yeah, I coached high school. It was awesome. Probably not, yeah. but dude, you got to go do. You know this, right? Yeah. Yeah. Do I have your word? Yeah. You're going to go make some calls today? Yes, sir. Excellent. Excellent, man. And get out there and go volunteer, help out with them, whether it's in the weight room, whether that's whatever. Go make it happen. And then, dude, get on the phone and start calling some folks. I know, the, yeah. especially the college coaching world, man, it is about your friends and who you know and your brothers and your sisters and go make that stuff happen, right? And if you've ever thought about transitioning out of coaching into doing something else or transitioning to high school instead of college. Now is the time. What do you want to do? College coaching is going to look super different in the next few years, especially if UT and OU blow up the Big 12 and then the domino, oh, it's going to be a mess. It's going to be awesome, but it's going to be a mess. And they can pay players. The whole landscape is shifting. If you've ever thought, man, maybe uh, now's that time, right? But you get out, get got to get out of your head. Go serve, go be with, go do, right? Go, go do. But I want you to first have a funeral with your wife. Mourn this job. Let this thing exhale. Tell her you're sorry for taking her all over the country. And now she's just in that limbo land. Ugh. And then get after it. Hey, man, thanks for the call, dude. I'm grateful that you trusted me with that. Don't, un- we talk, he got fired, he got fired, he got fired. Dude, that's the loss of a loved one. It hurts. And it hurts bad. All right, man. Thank John. Thank you so much for that call, dude. You're awesome. Go do. You got it. You got it. All right. Hey, James Kelly. Something rad. I'm pulling out this secret beta deck of cards. You finally got into Magic the Gathering. <laughs> <laughs> I am into Magic the Get. I don't even know what that means. Um, that's why you sprinkle dust all over the studio whenever I'm. The Gathering. All right, so ready? Here it goes. I'm just pulling a random one. (laughs) Kelly, tell me, hashtag slash America, tell me about a lie you got away with. (laughs) Sounds like I'm about to incriminate myself. I'm so excited about this. Um, Tell me about a lie you got away with. Yeah, so in high school, my mother knew everything I did. I mean, I got away with nothing. But one time we had um, a bunch of my girlfriends. We all told our parents we were all spending the night with each other. And then we, it was my senior year, and we got a a motel room like at Red Roof Inn or whatever and had a party. But it was so bad because the entire night I was terrified that my mother was about to pull up outside. But I asked her not to, you know, a few years later, she was like, no, amazingly, I did not know about that. But I really didn't have any fun anyway, because I was so terrified she was going to find out and I was going to get killed. 
That's the lie. Yeah. Man, what a softball. But thank you for sharing. I'm not going to tell you anything too incriminating. What's a lie you got away with? I really can't think of one I got away with, but I can think of a <laughs> one that I super got busted for. Uh, in in fourth grade, we had to get our parents to sign like every day that we did our homework or something. And I didn't do mine. So last minute, I tried to forge my mom's signature as a fourth grader. Nailed it. <laughs> and somehow my teacher didn't didn't buy it. And I got in big trouble. For forgery, so for for forgery, and that was my foray into writing fraudulent checks, and it's been downhill ever yeah. since. So yeah, same thing happened to me in fourth grade, except I got caught because I misspelled my mom's name. So I'm you, really so smart. you're a forgery, a forger, and an honor student, right? Oh yeah, congratulations, that's awesome. GT all day, baby. Um, all right, uh, one more real quick. Oh yes, Kelly, what's your favorite rap lyric? Go. She's dressed in yellow. She says, hello, come sit next to me, you fine fellow. <laughs> Run over there without a second to lose. Hey, what comes next? Hey, bust a move. There you go. James? Man. I'm going to need to think about this one. Wow. Nick? Because you can and you won't and you don't stop. Oh, my gosh. You can and you won't and you don't stop. All right. So, guys, listen. This is so rad. We've got Corey back there. Zach. So I've been hearing over and over and over this one sentiment. All right, Deloney, we turned off all our electronics. We got all the kids in the room. Now what do we do? Or, all right, Deloney, I went to like make friends and I invited a bunch of dudes out. We all went to hang out. Or we got a couple of couples together and we all went out. And then we just like looked at each other. We talked about work and then like about our kids. We don't have kids or we're doodle parents. Not a thing. Not a thing. I'm a I'm a cat dad. Nope, you're not. Not you're not. Not a thing. I'm a dog mom. Nope. Not real. Not real. So people were writing and saying, like, what do we do now? And I realized, man, it's just a new skill we're gonna have to pick up. So we created these conversation starters, but they're delonified. Right? So they're not just like, um, what's your hopes and dreams? <laughs> but there, what are your favorite rap lyric? When's the last time you cried? Um, <laughs> if I took you to a tattoo parlor right now, Kelly, what tattoo would you get? Go. My favorite quote, um, a smooth sea never made a skilled sailor. Oh, I thought it was going to be stop, collaborate, and listen. You're going to get that on your forearm. That would have been dope. I've got a good one for this. It's super, super nerdy, though. I would get a Tesseract or a Hypercube, <laughs> which is a two-dimensional... Hey, your glasses represent- are falling down. Push them back I know. <laughs> two-dimensional representation of a four-dimensional cube. Mm. It's super cool. Is that how you can play magic games? I've never played magic. Arm. I've never played it. <laughs> so listen... Uh, we set up a digital version of this, so you can get these for free. These are we're coming out with conversation starters. It's going to be for like like adults. Like the you can go take them to dinner, man. And what we're hearing back from the folks that we've baited in internally in the company, we got a thousand people that work here, is they get through like two or three cards in an hour or two hours. They just start. It starts conversations. It's so fun. It's so good. Um, even my wife 
gives about seven boxes of farts of what I do here. But she even I brought him on our vacation. We played these cards. It was fun with our. We, t- we went on vacation with some friends. It's awesome. We're also going to create um, a deck of cards for parents and their kids, so you can conversation starters for your kids. We're going to have conversation cards. We're going to call them Deloney After Dark, where you can talk about sex and intimacy with your partner in ways that it's going to like just. And it's going to help you get into some of those conversations that are otherwise going to be awkward. And then we may even have one for parents talk to parents about kids. Just those conversations. You don't know, right? Like, what time is bedtime? Do you spank your kids? Do you not? Why? What do you think about um, your kid having 17 Google logins just to be a third grader in a public school? Well, all those things. We're going to create cards for those. We're just trying to give you guys some tips and some conversation starters on how to be human against. Human 101, right? It's how to be people, right? So if you text conversation... The word conversation, C-O-N-V-E-R-S-A-T-I-O-N, conversation to 33789. 33789 is going to send you to a site. It's going to give you 20 of these for free. Print them off or they're going to be on your phone and then use them when you go to hang out with your buddies. Or I just, several times on today's show, on the last few shows I've told people, go get some friends. Go start friends. Make it awkward. Take these with you and say, hey, dude, some hack on a radio. I got these Got these questions, these digital questions, and um, so we're gonna do this. What's your? Hey Zach, you're back there. What's your favorite Zach? Uh, what's your favorite uh, rap lyric? What's your favorite rap lyric? I don't listen. I don't listen to rap. I don't, know. I don't listen to rap. Here's a fun game. It's called Get Out of the Studio. Unbelievable. I don't even know how you got in there. This is ridiculous. So hey, conversation starters. Text conversation to three three seven eight nine. Dude, we're giving you lo-fi tools to change your relationships. And man, once you start changing your relationships, you start making relationships, then you're into fixing anxiety, fixing depression, fixing PTSD, fixing all these things that have been hanging around for so long and just melting people from inside out. Conversation 33789. And as we wrap up today's show, Zach, here's one of the greatest rap songs ever written. Pay attention. By, hey, this band gets no love. I guess this rap group. EPMD. One of the OG. I mean, one of the great EPMD. And the song is off the isn't 19... That a, isn't that some type of obscure therapy? EMDR? Ah, uh, okay. It's cool to have producers that actually listen so to close. the show. So close. So close. EM, EMF. That's a... a Radiation, I think you get from... You use a lot of acronyms, so it, it sounded familiar. You're an acronym. <laughs> Was that a thing? I don't know if that's a thing. Uh, anyway, EPMD off the 1988 Strictly Business, out, um, Strictly Business record. And the song is, You Gots to Chill. And it goes like this. <laughs> I love these guys. Relax your mind, let your conscience be free, and get down to the sounds of EPMD. Well, you should... Keep quiet while the MC rap, but if you're tired, Zach, then go take a nap. You're asleep back there right now. Or stay awake and watch the show I take, because right now I'm about to shake and bake. The E-R-I-C-K is my name, and I spell thanks to the clientele. Yo, I rock well. I'm not an MC who talking all that junk about who can beat who sounding like a punk. I just get down and I go for mine, say check one, two, and run down the line. To the average MC, I'm known as the Terminator, Funky Beatmaker, New Jack Exterminator. You gots to chill. Oh my gosh, what a great song. This has been the Dr. John Deloney Show.